welcome to episode 27 of Flights, Football, and Anything Else. I'm Dave. And I'm Mike. How you doing, Dave? Better than most, not as good as some, Mike, on this wonderful Father's Day. Yeah, happy Father's Day. I mean, you're not my father. Right. But happy Father's Day to you. wish everybody. Um, I'm yeah. doing well as, as well. It was kind of a, a boom, 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 boom type Father's Day because the oh, younger yeah. boy worked in the morning, older boy worked at night so we kind of had to squeeze something in in the middle but it all worked out um quick disclaimer here to our listeners the two or three of you that are left doing it outside <laughs> there is a bit of a breeze and being that it's 277 degrees here in mid michigan yeah it's a bit of an exaggeration i know but anything over 66 is too hot for me you might hear a buzzing in the background. That's the central air unit of the North Studios kicking on. So I apologize for that. Hopefully it does not interfere with what otherwise is going to be spectacular programming as usual. Well, it is going to be spectacular programming because today we have a guest. We've got George. Our fourth one. Fourth guest, George Drown. Uh, he's with us here today. Yeah, happy to be here. Awesome. George, welcome aboard. Thanks for having me. Um, been a listener. Uh, he is a cross-country track coach so uh avid runner and so oh and a craft beer enthusiast yes that is that is also one of the reasons he's on the show today and to get things kicked off our first selection is london fog from shorts brewing in bel-air michigan it's an english brown ale and I think it's a pod first. If we had an ale that's brewed with tea? No, not, the, not that I'm aware of. Okay, so this is with uh, Earl Grey tea. And I'm not going to go into the specifics because I want to get, get your reaction. Um, but the uh, ABV is 6.75% and 12 IBUs. So, oh, the untapped rating, 364 and one thing I was going to mention on the pod last week is uh, on Untapped, I um, I was looking at the the checked in numbers. So some of these, you know, or maybe I did. I don't. I, ah, Mike, do you remember? I don't know if I remember if I mentioned the checked in. You mentioned it on the it. pod. We talked about okay. it. Okay. Yeah. Uh, beforehand. So the checked in number on this London Fog is four thousand eight hundred and. 84. So that's a decent number. Yeah. Yeah. Cool artwork on the label. Yeah. Yep. Pink tie with the otherwise dark London kind of sketchy, almost goes with your uh, serial killer uh, yeah. question last week. That was two weeks ago, Dave. Was it two weeks ago? Yeah, that was, yeah, because we alternate locations. Oh, yeah, damn. Time flies. It does. All right, here All we right, go. Here we nice go, brown color. A little London fog. Cheers. 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 I don't. There's. I taste the the ale taste to it. I, there's not really the Earl. And I I drink yeah. tea from time to time. Yeah. After I'm tired of 75 cups of coffee, whether hot or cold, right. I'll mix up with tea. Uh, not that I have Earl Grey tea a lot, but I don't taste the tea in it that much. I don't taste the tea, but I taste the. You know, like a like a an iced tea smoothness. I, it's more like the the Good body. Call. You know what I mean? Yeah, I taste the lactose too. It's one of those things I think brewers are right now. It's yes. kind of popular. I've seen a lot of those milkshake IPAs. Right. And most of them have that lactose in them. 
Well, that's the thing I wanted to bring up and get your initial reaction because when you when you read the the script in uh, Untapped, it says there's a citrus spice, which I kind of get a little of, mint. I get more mint. I don't get any citrus at all. I get there's a there's a, some mint. I yeah. get peach, yeah, raspberry, vanilla, and then the milk sugar, like you were talking about. But this is smooth. It's smooth. I don't I don't get a lot of what on tap. Are you sure you Googled the right on tap one? No, I was, I, yeah, no, my eyebrow was raised. I'm like, this is going to be interesting. Yeah, I think you almost have to, as you taste it, you have to read those, read that description fast. You're like citrus, peach, raspberry, and then you're kind of like, oh, maybe, maybe. Maybe, you know? yeah, right. <laughs> yeah, it, actually, I, I, I'm enjoying it, though, because obviously, as the listeners know, I like that IPA taste. Right. And this clearly is not an IPA. Right. And, and doesn't and therefore does not have the IPA taste. So this is truly a different beer than what I've been drinking. Right. On you know on my own time or typically what I bring yeah. to our you know like my selection is <laughs> just like big bigger biggest <laughs> alcohol content of the IPA. Well, George, um, I want to move on and ask you a couple questions. Um, some of your expertise things uh first question and a lot of people um you know we've been talking about the nba getting back to it mlb are they going to get back to it um pga has gotten back to they've had their first tournament nascar obviously um did they have another rain out this week yeah that's what i was gonna say i pointed that out last week if you're ever in drought conditions just schedule a nascar race (laughs) boom you've got your rain (laughs) i don't know if they've postponed it because it looked like they were showing uh uh, wacky sports video. So that okay. means they've usually cut the NASCAR coverage right. and moved on. So I wonder if they've rescheduled the Talladega race till tomorrow. But anyway, yeah, there was more rain in Florida today. <laughs> yeah, I know the golf tournament was on in LA today too. Okay. Um, so what's on everybody's mind right now? You've got kids that are back practicing uh, for their fall sports or for their sports in general because MSHAA is allowing it as long as coaches and schools follow protocol. Um, what's your take on, you know, about, about fall sports? I mean, from a, from a what you've read from the MSHAA, or excuse me, the MHSAA, and what you think might happen? Boy, that's a tough one. I think it depends on the day. Uh, you know, it's, uh, I look at... Uh, you know professional sports and they're they're just going back and forth on this you know baseball is it going to happen nba are we going to return to a season like you just were saying so i try to stay positive um i think one of the happiest days uh for me um through this whole pandemic was being allowed to meet with my kids on monday and so you know i think i have to be positive for them and and say we're going to have a season but um when i look at certain things i just I don't know. So some days I'm, I'm absolutely optimistic. I'm positive. I think, yes, we're going to have a season, um, maybe without fans. Uh, maybe for a cross country in the fall, might be with staggered starts, um, which right. would look interesting. You know, yeah. how do you do that? Um, you, you would do it like a uh, Tour de France. Yeah, kind of. I think so. I, I, I think it would have to be sort of seated. Yeah. Um, kind of like a track meet would be. Um, but then you got fast courses and slow courses, and how do you do that? Right. Uh, I'm going to go with, we're going to have a season. I have to stay positive. Right. Well, I hope so, too. I think everybody's banking on it. Um, you know, I was helping our local football team on with their conditioning on Friday. 
which was brutal, by the way. So not not that any of those kids are probably listening to this, but kudos to everybody that showed up. That was awesome. Yeah, it was a hot it, week last week. It was a very hot week last week. Um, next question. I know if you had to say your favorite uh, between cross country and track is probably cross country or the distance running. You can you can you know switch that up or tell me I'm wrong if you want to but uh what is it about distance running that you like about doing it and coaching it because I also know you're an avid runner right so um for me I think the sport of running has evolved for me personally I think uh, high school is a sport I did um now it's a lifestyle that I that I keep um so that I can drink crap beer, um, it, uh, it helps. It helps there with the waistline, uh, especially during COVID. Um, but uh, I think I love the growth that I can see from an athlete's perspective. You know, my athletes, I can see them where they started and where, where and how they transition throughout the season. Um, you know, in track and field, there's a lot of natural ability that goes along with speed, sprinters. Um, and jumpers yes of course there's form there's technique and things like that but um, they generally have to have a a natural um, God-given talent right Uh, we're distance running you know I like to joke and say I can turn anybody into a distance runner right you know um, if they're dedicated and willing to to buy in we can do it so I think that that's probably my favorite part about coaching distance is I, I generally the roadmap from start to finish and, and, and how well they've improved. That's um, that's what I was thinking about when Dave said that you coach both, and I'm not belittling either one because I'm not a runner. Actually, I would like to run a little more than I, I do, but I just my left knee just doesn't allow it, so I try to walk as fast as I can. But anyway, um, like, and there is training. I get it. I'm not belittling distance running. Right. Because I certainly, I mean, it it would take me probably a good month to finish a marathon. Yeah. <laughs> you know, so I'm not belittling, you know, the athleticism of a distance runner. But what is there, I mean, what is practice? All right, hey, here we are from uh, cross, uh, run. Yeah. <laughs> Did you send them on their way? or? You know, I think it's a great question. I think that distance running is oversimplified sometimes. And don't, and, and this, I don't want to hate on any coaches' philosophies out there, but there are certainly those coaches that do that. Um, you know, they they basically say go run, and right. there's, there's really no rhyme or reason to a program. But um, for me, you know, it, I I believe in periodization. So like, you know, we we right now are building our base mileage. So we're trying to get a foundation for um, things later on in the season. So right now, they're really just focusing on increasing mileage. Um, as a distance runner, you want to have a solid, strong base so that you prevent injuries. Um, and so once they have that, then we can start incorporating things like interval workouts, tempo runs, um, and then later in the season, more speed um, and, and, and things like that. So uh, the body, you know, sort of uh, de- uh, uh, develops throughout the season. Yep. And um, you can't really, um, you know, the, the base part, so the, what they're doing right now, that's probably 60% of their training. Um, so when you say just show up and run, it is kind of like that when it comes to the base training. The, the workouts are um, more individual based. So it depends on where the kid's at, what kind of paces they're running, and what kind of challenge you're going to have for them in a workout so that 
every kid is getting the maximum out of that workout. You're not just saying to a, to a kid that might be a six minute miler, um, hey, I want you to do you know, the 430 milers workout because I really only care about him because he's the best one on the team. You know what I mean? You gotta, you gotta kinda try to adopt, adapt some of those um, things. So, um, you know, they, that's the biggest thing with, with distance training, I think, is that the different periods of time. And I would say uh, after that you have um, the tempo and training, things like that might be four weeks and then the speed might be the last three weeks um, okay. of the season. Because even for marathon running, I know um, there's a workout called Yasso 800s. Mm-hmm. And so the when I did, workout. yeah, and so to try to to try to try um, get a Boston qualifying time, I knew I had to do those 800 meters on the track at a certain pace. Yeah. And if I can't do it, then there's no sense in me even thinking I can get a Boston marathon qualifying right. time. Right, right. And that was probably one of the most brutal workouts because you do 10 800s without stopping and you do a, like a jog, jog 400 in between. And so, it, you know, if you're goal-minded and you're shooting for specific times, then it does, I think what you're saying, it does get very specific, especially later in the season because you're doing some speed workouts, some tempo workouts, and then each kid has kind of based on their own goals, they have their own times that they're trying to hit in practice. Absolutely. Um, that was a great question, Mike. Hey, thank you very much. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, we talked about it a little bit, but really quickly, like what are, like, what as an athlete, what were your successes that led you to want to coach? Like, what about it? I think that uh, from a co- speaking from a coaching standpoint, what led me to coaching was the interaction with the with the athletes. Um, I had uh, you know next to next to my dad and my grandfather, my coach was the third most influential guy in my life. And so um, when I went into education, coaching just kind of was definitely going to be part of that. Right. And so um, I don't know that it was necessarily my uh, my own personal success in, in running that led me to it. I think it was more about building your relationships and fostering that sure. coach-athlete relationship. So, um, but as far as me, I God, I've you know, I guess I can say that I'm I'm, I'm the mediocre jack of all trades. I've probably you, I, you were know, better I, than mediocre. You shared some of your times. So well, you sell yourself short. Yeah, I, I guess I you know we. In high school, you know, Don't I sell competed. yourself short. You're a tremendous slouch. <laughs> God, I know that's. I know this one. I know I've seen this movie, Caddyshack. Good day, uh, uh, Dave. I got one. I got one. one. Episode twenty-seven of Dave. I did not stump <laughs> Dave. Mark it down. All right, sorry to interrupt. Yeah, so I've done. I, you know, I've raced in races from the two hundred to a marathon. Right. So I, like I said, I wasn't spectacular at any of them, but I. If the coach needed me in something, we needed points. Sure, Drown will do it. Get yep. him in there. Right. So. Yep. I, yep. Go, go ahead. ahead. Go ahead. No, no, no. You're up. Um. All right. So, you you coached both track and field and cross country. Correct. Now, uh, the, the AD school where you're at said, "Hey, we're going to diversify. You can only do one, but you've been here the longest, so." I'm gonna let you pick. Are you gonna Are you gonna be a track and field coach, or are you gonna be the cross country coach? 
I would pick cross country, and the reason why, and and, and Dave can probably uh, also agree, is track is a lot of work as a as a as a head coach. That you can finish your thought, but that actually led to that was a uh, subset B to that question. What you said was anyway. So go ahead and finish yeah. that. So uh, you know, it's it's a it's a huge undertaking as a as a management part because you got 17 different events. Um, you know, to host a home track meet, you need just an army of volunteers. Um, so that part of it and the sheer size of it. So, um, you know, before we were shut down, uh, our season was shut down, we had 112 kids signed up for track and field, you know, versus cross country. This is going to be my biggest cross country team I've ever had. And we're probably 45. Oh, really? Um, and so boys and girls, boys and girls combined. Yep. So, you know, you're still, you're still less than half of what a track team is. And so cross country from a management standpoint is a lot easier. Um, I don't want to say that it's that I enjoy cross country more because there are some pretty fun and exciting things that relate to track and field. Um, you know, when the meets down to the four by oh, four, and that, things that, like that. And that's what, as a fan, as a as a as a nobody who knows nothing about either sport. You know, I, I'm going to be honest. I'm not. I mean, unless my kid is running a cross country event, right? There's not a snowball's chance in hell I'm going to a cross country <laughs> event. Yep. So I kind of that would be kind of like the high school equivalent of NASCAR. It's like, well, there's no fans. Well, there's not anyway. So what difference does it make? But track and field, you know, you got some good shot put throwers or some good uh, discus throwers, right. or you got a four by four. You know, where right. kids are just you're like, wow. I mean, that's actually <laughs> right. exciting to watch, and it's like, so yeah, I agree. I think that uh, you know, distance running. Not to say that you, there aren't athletes that are distance runners, but in track and field, you have some serious athletes walking yep. around yeah um you get the wow factor in cross when you see somebody like a maverick darling or uh yeah. or you get some kids that you know you know are like special on a national level where the gun goes off and you've got 60 70 kids running out you know the fastest kids towards the front but you have this kid that within the first 400 meters is 150 meters in front of somebody else. And you're like either A, saying, this is going to be funny as shit when this kid throws up and passes out, you know, a a half a mile ahead. Or you're just dumbfounded because this is like, this is the epitome of the Energizer Bunny. And he just keeps going and going and going. And he's running his ass off at some ludicrous speed. Or you get two guys. I, I have seen this once. Um where you get two guys that really don't like each other that are very competitive and they're very fast. <laughs> um, and, and and this does not happen often. It happens so very rarely. But they know the certain spots where there aren't too many fans and they literally look like two hockey players throwing elbows, trying to spike each other in the back of the calf. You would love it, Mike. It's it's like it's vicious. What well, happens in the woods stays in the yeah. woods. <laughs> I've well, had kids come out. Of, I've had kids come out of those woodsy areas with blood running down the back of their calf because the kid behind them got pissed off because they got cut off. So they took their spike and went right down. Right. Well, hey, <laughs> feel feel justice. I, I right. like it. Yeah. Uh, the sub the part B to that question was like now. I've been to because my younger son Nick throws shot, so I try to make as many of his track meets as I can is where you're at. Like, yeah, I mean, do you have other coaches? Like, do you have a throwing coach, 
a hurdles coach, a this coach, or that coach, we and do. you over kind of see it all because like. You know, because I always, I always kind of felt bad for Dave because Dave was kind of like trying to, like you talk about jack of all trades, and it was like, you know, you know, Dave's watching the the, the shot putters for a second, and his uh, hundred meter guy just ran a a nine six six and broke a world record, right. but Dave's over by and didn't see it because you do have some volunteers, and yeah. like last year I think was more than the previous year, right? But well, Dave's a much more talented track coach than I am I mean he's he's uh he can he can he's a great jumps coach great sprints coach and you know and he could do distance too so um where I I don't pretend at all I uh I don't have that's why swag for you I have I (laughs) I have always um I didn't you know coaches coach because they love to coach they don't coach for a paycheck and so I have often years spread my paycheck over many you know assistants that I have yeah. found that it can come on and help out because I think track and field is one of those things that if you're gonna especially if you're gonna keep kids out kids know if you're faking it right. like oh, yeah. he doesn't know what the hell he's talking about you know what I mean so I'd rather have somebody that uh, knows how to hurdle somebody that knows how to jump coach those now have I been put in positions where you know I've helped with long jump yes I've done long jump enough um, as a coach and attended enough clinics that I can fake that. Um, but no, I am, I'm only as good as my assistants when it okay. comes to track and field. All right. I'll put in a good word for you, Dave, see if I can get you some extra help there. <laughs> well, the missus is, the miss is on the school board and the athletic department. Well, so we'll and and he knows because it's, it's hard to find. It's when, when you've got a lot of kids and it's, it's, you know, and, and people are, you know, when they volunteer or when they're there and, you know, you know, you know, offer them a couple hundred bucks out of your paycheck and, you know, then they're glad to do it. But, it, you know, they come and go depending on their right. family situations and stuff like that. And you understand. But there's some years where it's it's just it's really hard and you just got to tell your kids, hey, I'm sorry. I I wish I could help you. I don't. You're going to hear some here's some CDs or here's a here's a link to some. YouTube is the greatest yeah, thing that's is. ever happened because <laughs> you can, you know, ha- help some kids that way. Um. So, yeah, we're just going to kind of wrap it up here a little bit. Um, just some personal stuff. What's, uh, yeah, go ahead. No, go ahead. You're, I asked the last question. Come on. What, what, I'm getting on the ball here. <laughs> what is your favorite style of beer? Let's switch uh, An gears. IPA. Let's Absolutely. IPA? I love IPAs. Yeah. Okay. So then the next question would be? This is different off the, off the script. Okay. But, uh, so... You've listened to some of the episodes. Absolutely, yes. And that's the buzzing I was talking about, ladies and gentlemen. So the Central Air Unit at the North Studios just clicked on. Apologies. Um, first ever feedback live. Okay. What could you? What would you say, Dave and I need to do to improve the pod? What are we doing good? What are we doing bad? What should we change? Oh man, talk about being putting on the hot seat here. Um, you cannot offend us. By well, it's, oh, yeah, it's, no, yeah. it's funny. I think I think you guys are doing it tonight, uh, and I won't give anything away. But uh, the the diversity in beers um, it tends to be more of an IPA based pod, um, which I love because yeah. I love IPAs. But when I'm thinking about as do I, when I'm thinking about the title of the pod, and I'm thinking about you know the flights part, generally a flight, a good flight looks pretty colorful. You know, yes. you, when you're out, you, you're trying different types of beers. So, um, but it's hard because at the same time, if you have an acquired taste for an IPA, 
you know, the you London don't, you, fog is completely different. It's completely different. <laughs> yeah. and so, I, I, are you going to give it a, an honest review for somebody that maybe likes uh, what was this an English style brown ale? You know what yep. I mean. So, um, to some extent, you could say you got to stick with what you're good at too. Exactly. Um, but I guess that would be my thing, and, and uh, I think we're going to do that tonight. Yeah, for sure. Um, what's your favorite beer? Do you have a favorite that you can pick? Um, you know, I I guess my favorite or current favorite, if you've you know, my Kiss IPA. What's I that? really like my Kiss IBA, IPA from uh, Black Rocks. Oh, so it's like a seven point two percent IPA. I don't think we've ever done that. No, no, nope. it's uh, you know, this nope. the can is kind of looks like a uh, rainbow trout. It's got the rainbow trout skin on it. Okay. Um, but uh, yeah, it's it's really good. Um, easy drinking for 7.2. It doesn't taste like it's 7.2%. Can sure. you get it in this area, or is that somewhere else? You can. It is seasonal. It's out right now. It's one of their summer uh, summer releases. So okay. um, I'm sure Opperman's would have it. I haven't seen um, it in the cooler, unless while well, I was only what, looking what at the it, singles cooler. What is it called again? Uh, My Kiss IPA. M-Y-K-I-S-S yep. IPA? Yep. Okay. And it's. Uh, I know they have it at Eastman's Party Store in Midland. Sure. Um, Free ads, everybody. Sure. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, all right dave you brought them what do you say right, we rate let's Source rate brew london fog all right so george what do you think one through five dave what was the uh abv on this again 6.75 you know i'll say for 6.75 it it was pretty smooth very um, yeah it doesn't it didn't taste like a, uh, this ta- almost tasted like a four in a quarter beer agreed and so it's one of those that uh, I could have maybe two of them. The lactose, I'm, I'm not a huge lactose fan, um, so I do shy away from that if I can. I don't like that milk sugar taste at the end. Right. Um, but this was so smooth at 6.7. I'm going to come in right around 2.85. Okay. 2.85. All right. Um, <laughs> I liked it a lot. I liked it a lot. Uh, what movie, Mike? <laughs> Dave's bad accent. <laughs> Dave's bad accent. I liked accent. it a lot. I, what yeah. is that? I've, you, you've stumped me. It could be in a lot of movies. Okay. I, and I didn't probably do it very well. Yeah, frankly, I think it was made up. But anyway, no. <laughs> we'll, we'll go along with that. All right. Uh, I'll get to that later. Um, I'm going to go right around a three. I, I did like it a lot. Uh, very smooth. Like you said, I can't say much more about that. Um, I'm gonna go three point. I'm gonna go three point four zero. All right. Uh, I think the on tap crowd at three point six four was a bit generous. Surprisingly enough, you know, like George, I too prefer the IPA taste. I'm gonna go a little higher than George's two point eight five, but not as high as. So I'm gonna be uh, like the the baby bear. Then not too hot, not too cold, but just right. Give me. A 3.00. 3.00. All right. I liked it a lot. Was that in Ace Ventura? Yes. Thank you. Oh. Well, then you, <laughs> you did something. I did see that movie, but I would have I, I would have had three million guesses probably when right. you came up with that. Okay. Well done, well, George. Well done. <laughs> Before the second tasting, a little word from our sponsor. Okay, at this point, I just want to acknowledge that that is a horrible British accent. It's actually Australian, but I don't know why I segued into some kind of Australian accent on that ad. But 
In any event, and, and hey, Dave. Yeah. The three or four listeners we've had. Yeah. Have reached out to me either via text message or Twitter. Yeah. And mentioned that, but I didn't have the heart to break. I'm yeah. like, ah, I knew it. I knew it. It, it, it was kind of. It was kind of like uh, the Animal House when he said, "Was it over when the Germans bombed Pearl Harbor?" <laughs> <laughs> and they got, yeah, forget it. He's rolling. So I mean, uh, oh, I knew it the next day. I'm like, oh shit. Anyway, um, the next. Uh, Next tasting on the docket is going to be the Shiner S'more from Spotzel. How do you pronounce that? Spot Spotzel? Spotzel? Somebody help me. Spotzel Brewery in Shiner, Texas. Spotzel Brewery in Shiner, Texas. Uh, that's a regional brewery. And this is an American brown ale. So really between tasting one and tasting two, we're putting it, the English brown ale versus the American brown ale, even though they are... Maybe by the end of this tasting, significantly different beers, um, but we're putting those two up against each other. The um, alcohol percentage is 5.0, uh, 20 IBUs, an identical untapped rating of 3.64. However, Damn it, I didn't think you'd notice that, but oh yeah, I, I did. I'm on top of that. All right, good job, Dave. Uh, however, the difference is uh, the London Fog has only had 4,884 check-ins on Untapped, but uh, the Shiner S'more has had 27,000 check-ins. So I think between you know the the sugary S'more kind of label on it, um, significantly more check-ins. Um, so let's uh, let's see what this one does here. I'm very curious on it because I can't usually eat, like if you're at a bonfire and somebody has the graham cracker, the marshmallow, and the chocolate, or the s'more, mm-hmm. well sure I can eat it, but right. by, the, by the time I'm halfway done with it, yeah. I'm like, I really don't need Too to rich. eat the other half, right. and I continue to do so anyway, but kind of like my 13th, 15th, 17th, 18th, and 20th beer, I didn't really need them, but figured I better drink them anyway. There's a there's a s'more. All the flavors that they have in the description, I'm getting in the in the smell and the aroma. Oh yeah, good notes there. Cheers. Cheers. Flavor town. Oh yeah. But not overpowering. Exactly. You, yeah. you, ta- you taste the like you're at you're at the bonfire. Yep. You know, the kid next to you has got a marshmallow just on fire while you're trying to delicately roast yours you take the marshmallow off the graham cracker as you burn your finger on the fire a perfect golden brown in flavor and it's even got a little bit of that smoke char at the end it does it's uh, it's, it's pretty good we went on a spring break to texas once and that's i didn't want to drink this was before i got into ipas and whatnot but going out the spring break in Texas, I didn't want to drink Miller Lite. I, mean, I can drink Miller Lite anyway. Right. So at the restaurants I was in, I was like, hey, what do you have to have? Whatever, whatever. And then and we have uh, Shinerbach, which is, and I'm like, yeah, all right, give me a Shinerbach, which was the, like right. you said, it's a Texas brewery. Right. And I really like the Shinerbach, and this is one of their flavored beers. And What do you think, I, Mike? I'm, I'm not, you know, for being an IPA guy, that but I don't. There's no fruitiness to it. I mean, no. it is a s'more beer. <laughs> All I right. Enjoy it. Um, second segment, 
traditionally this day in sports. We're going to continue with that, I think. Oh, yeah, for yeah. sure. TDIS. TDIS. To the locals. Right. All right, uh, George, you got one you want to start off with? I do. I, I prepared for this. Uh, so i got to get my math right um, so that I don't disappoint Mike here. Uh, so 1960, so we're looking at uh, 60 years ago, German sprinter Armin Harry runs the world record in the 100-meter dash at 10.0. <laughs> and it's funny, you know, us being track and field guys, they only went to the uh, the tent there, right? So it's and you know it was a hand time, yes, <laughs> <laughs> or an abacus so or something like that. So now, the non-track coach of the group, right? So you guys, do you guys think that 10.0 was actually more than ten point zero? Yeah, it was at least ten point two four at the very least because that's the that's the um, FAT conversion. Conversion is point two four between a hand time and an automatic time. But, you know, at this point, I'm saying it was probably more po- towards 10.5. Yeah. Which is probably more realistic, though, because if you think about it, like George said it was 1960, so 60 years ago, and has the world record was, although it was Ben Johnson, yeah, and he was stripped of that, yada, 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 ESPN 30 for 30 proved it, was 9.79. Has anybody ran quicker than 979 or no? Oh, yeah. Usain Bolt. Uh, okay, yeah. so what it was his time? 962 or 3. I think we All had right, it so on the last Okay, the last so 962. So you're saying Bolt actually destroyed this guy's 10 flat. Yeah, you're saying he's crazy. Yeah. Yeah. And depending on. Here's the thing, though, and I alluded to this in another pod. There is a TED talk where. They go through many sports, track and field being one of them. All the improvements in track surface, being able to use starting blocks. Well, that's any sport. In sw- yeah, any yeah. sport. Bicycling, you know, between the bikes and the, the gear you wear, swimming. Uh, the bi- One of the biggest in swimming to make people faster was to do the little gutters that the waves splash into. Because back in the day... You use, I mean, it was like almost like swimming in open water oh. with the waves would hit the edge of the pool and bounce back to the swimmers. But with the with, you know, how they, right. they have the gutters on the edge of the pool now, the waves dissipate into the sides of the pool, making it a little easier for swimmers to get through. Anyway, um, I don't want to digress too much, but um, in that particular TED talk, they talk about Jesse Owens. Actually, you know, in his start, he was running on cinder not a mondo rubber track and he dug his little holes with a with a gardening trowel and that's where his feet went into the cinders to start as opposed to starting blocks so you know what i mean it's yeah. in, in 1960 i don't know exactly what the surface was if it was a harder surface or if it was cinder still or something like that but you know if this this person this he if he was had starting blocks was running on a track running with the shoes you know, that they have today, et cetera, et cetera, and the training methods, maybe he was a sub-10 guy. I don't know. I agree. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, that was a good one. Um, all right, Mike, you want to go? I've got a few. You yeah, want to go you tit said, for tat? Yeah, or? you said you had more than that, so you lead it off. All right. We'll bounce it back and forth. I only have a couple because I didn't think uh, June 21st was right. a real significant day. I want to give a tip to the hat to Bo Jackson. Uh, he won the Heisman Trophy in 1985. 
And in 1986, on this day, he signed a three-year deal to play baseball for the Kansas City Royals. And so that started the whole Bo knows. Yeah, Bo knows everything. Bo knows yep. everything, both sports. Um, and I think, did he start with the Raiders? Yes. Yeah, okay, He's that's right what right I thought. Up. Yeah. Um, you're up. All right. Math, yeah, 60, 81 years ago today, the Yankees announced Lou Gehrig's retirement. After doctors reveal he has amyotrophic lateral sclerosis, also known as ALS, also known as Lou Gehrig's disease. Now, to our diligent listeners who are out there just waiting to correct me on something, this is not the anniversary of his today, today, today. I consider myself the luckiest man. That That was on July 4th, 1939. But it was June 21st, 1939, the Yankees announced, announced that he was retiring. Right. And by the way, side note to that is, I don't know, if, you may be too young, George, but Dave, you may, do you remember the Nextel pagers where you... Yeah, yeah, yeah. oh yeah, yeah. That, that ruined my wedding. Well, it, but they, <laughs> they were good for one thing because I could do that speech perfectly because I would hold the button down to both devices oh. <laughs> and I'd say today and then and the, the other device it would say today <laughs> I consider myself and it was, I was almost perfect with the next out like they call it what push to talk yes yeah, exactly yeah, yeah. and it ruined it uh, messed with the um, the speaker system at our wedding and so everybody in the crowd that had next and that, else, yep yeah. you had this constant buzzing while everything was going on so uh, you're in, still married though right we are yeah. All right, we well, made then. it through <laughs> in 1970, Brazil and Pele, so if you're, I would say if you're probably 40, if you're 40 years old, you probably remember Pele, 40 years old or older. Uh, Brazil and Pele became the first team and player to win um, the World Cup three times in a row, beating Italy 4-1 to one in front of, now get the, this is the part that actually interested me the most. Uh, in 1970, they won the World Cup for the third time in a row in front of 107,412 fans. A lot of people showed up for that. Yeah, I think I don't think the big house. I don't know when the big house was built, but you know, the big house that, is 104, isn't it? Uh, it might be more than that now because they went and scrunched. You know, yeah, your was, yeah. your seating space is now six inches, right? Even though, if you know, that. yeah, that's that's the six inches is the gap of some people's crevice. So, I mean, I don't even know how they fit people in there now. But, yeah, so Pele in Brazil, 1970. All right. I do remember Pele. I was never a soccer fan, but I do remember Pele. Well, when you see a guy run and flip into the air. The old bicycle kick you're referring to, aren't exactly. you, Exactly. See, I know my soccer. When, when, I'm, when, I'm, when I'm brought to task, I know my soccer. Um, 23 years ago today. The San Jose Sharks drafted Joe Thornton, number one overall. You guys are both looking like, uh, so what? Why is this a big deal? Well, it's not. The only reason (laughs) I brought it up is because Joe Thornton played for the Sault Ste. Marie Greyhounds in the OHL. Now, admittedly, 23 years ago, I was not a fan of the OHL because the spirit... I think this is their 15th year, and I was a season ticket holder for the first 12 years, or no, first seven years. 
So if this is their 15th year, the spirit came around in 2005. So I paid no attention whatsoever to the OHL, but I did not know Joe Thornton was a member of the Sioux Greyhounds of the OHL. Cool. Uh, It being Father's Day, uh, there were a lot of U.S. Open uh, this day in sports. Uh, Two that I'll mention, uh, Gary Player uh, completes his career glance. Land. Jesus. I think this might be actually your second Gary Player related it to the stage for It might be. You got Gary, a man crush for Gary Player, don't you, Dave? <laughs> he's pretty good. He's a cool dude. And the fact that somebody that old is still as vibrant as he is, if you ever listen to that guy talk, it's impressive. Anyway. That's the first time we've ever used the word vibrant on this pod. This pod <laughs> is full of firsts. <laughs> Gary Player completes his career Grand Slam in an 18-hole playoff to win the U.S. Open in 1965. And then another impressive win in 1998, Lee Jansen comes from seven shots back to beat Payne Stewart by one stroke in the U.S. Open at Olympic Club. Now, I don't think any of you guys aren't golfers. Um, I know Payne Stewart because A, he died in a plane crash, and B, he looks almost exactly like one of my... uh, Real good buddies who I don't think listens to this pod because I've never sent him the invite, so maybe I'll have to do that and you see will. if he'll listen. Um, Greg Chappie. Okay. Uh, Payne Stewart and Greg yeah. Chappie look exactly alike. Jim, hey, Sonny, what do you think? Is that accurate or no? <laughs> Let me know. Text right. me. But uh, but for golf, you know, if you if you're starting a tournament and I played in a lot of I played in a lot of junior tournaments, I played all over the state. Um on a, on a, in a tournament, coming, coming seven strokes back um, is pretty impressive. I can't but, even imagine. Yeah, it's... It, it I was, wish I could last seven strokes. <laughs> <laughs> but I'm bumped. That's what she said. All right. You got one more or no? No, I'm, I'm, out. I'm fresh out. out of this day in sports. But um, So you said Gary... That was a career grand slam. For Gary Player, yeah. Career, not, Tiger not a season. Tiger, how many... Is it just Tiger and Jack or just Tiger that have done the season Grand Slam? Or has nobody done a season Grand Slam? I'll be honest with you. I'm going to have to check it. I don't know. Any listeners out there, text us. epod.com. That wouldn't really be a text. That's a tweet. (laughs) But, uh, yeah, I don't know. But I thought Tiger did the season Grand Slam once. Did he? I think. I don't know. I could be wrong. So don't anybody fact check me and say I was wrong because I'm telling you right now I don't know. <laughs> yeah, I'm not sure on that either. You I know, when you talk about Tiger, you figure eh, probably, probably he might have, right? but but yeah, I don't know that that would be hard. But he might have. I'd have to look that up. Maybe by the next segment, you know, right. we'll figure that out. You guys want to rate this? Absolutely. Um, all right, you're the guest. You go first. Yeah. So I I really enjoyed it. Um, it's a Tons of flavor. Uh, the chocolate, marshmallow, it, it tastes like a s'more. So um, what was the untapped rating again? 3.64. 3.64. You know, I, I think the untapped rating is, is pretty fair. Um, I'm probably just a little bit under the untapped rating, and I'm going to say this is 3.40. Mike, you're up on this one. All right. Coming out of my comfort zone a little bit. As listeners know, I, I'm an IPA person. Love IPAs. The, the bigger the kick to the teeth, the better I like it. Keep it coming. Keep 
punched me in the mouth. I was very concerned when you showed me this last night when we stopped over to your place. I'm like, oh, this is going to be a sweet, nasty, per it, it, it was delicious. And I'm going to go just the opposite of George. I'm going to go slightly above the on tap to 3.64. And I'm going to give it a 3.75 because I was, I think the reason being is I was so impressed with the fact that you taste the s'mores, but it wasn't like, oh, God, this is Right, disgusting. wasn't a bellyache. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I, I could have, I don't know if I could drink it all night, but I right. could have multiples of these. Yeah, and so for that very reason, I'm going to go a, and for the, like you said, the avid listeners that know my taste and my palate, for that very reason, I'm going to go a 4.0. All right, for the third tasting, we've got Berserker from Ordock Brewing Company, Marquette, Michigan, a microbrewery. This is a New England IPA, so this is right up your alley, Mike. Uh, what was interesting is when I was reading the when I was uh, reading the summary on this beer, uh, they made a specific point to mention it was using Quebec, and I don't know if I'm pronouncing that right, but it's a Norwegian yeast. Um, and there's some, I'm not going to go into it because we don't have that kind of time on this pod, but uh, I guess a lot of brewers are going with this, this particular kind of yeast because it, it's uh, kind of a multi-purpose, um, multi-faceted kind of a um, ingredient in making a lot of beers. But um, the ABV is 7.5% and the IBUs is 50 the untapped rating is 4.06, so it's the it's the one beer we've got today where the untapped crowd put it above 4.0. The only caveat to this is is the checked in crowd. How many? 416. Yeah, that's it. What how new it is? I mean, is it relatively new beer? Or no? I didn't I didn't get into that. Um, right. and apparently, according to the can, it's what water wants to be. Okay. I can't <laughs> disagree with that. <laughs> that's that's kind of interesting, actually. And the only can of the night, by the way. Yes, the only can of the night. I think we're all in agreement as far as labels go. I think the shorts, the London Fog wins the the label of the night award. Yeah. Agreed? Or I would say a close second. The Shiner, uh, the orange is what caught my eye oh, yeah. in the cooler. You know what I mean? But I would agree. Um, I'll give you a distant second. I won't say it's a close second. I, I like right. the mafioso type guy sipping his tea on the on the, cool. on the on the docks of the, the London Bridge. Nice haze on this. Cheers. 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 There you go, Mike. Ah, sweet home Alabama. <laughs> so good. Oh, yeah, that, that distinctive IPA taste. Case closed. Wow. Um, before we get into this week's random question, I do have to mention what I've been watching lately. Actually, Liz and I have been watching lately. On Netflix, it's called Imposters. Two seasons, 10 episodes a season. Each episode is about 34 minutes, so it's a oh, wow. quick watch. Yeah, right. You can binge watch that pretty easy. And um, the weird thing is it's like a suspense slash drama slash comedy slash we really don't know what we're trying to do here but they're putting it all together and it's um 
it's about a group of grifters, which if you remember the movie with, I think it was John Cusack in it from, you probably don't remember, George, but it was like, it, it was called The Grifters. So, and I think a grifter is somebody You'd be surprised who, how the, I mean, and I don't, I mean, I wouldn't call you a younger, but I mean, how, how you know, with Netflix and, and, and Prime and stuff, yeah, and right. especially with the pandemic, I mean, my own daughter says, I don't think there's anything else I can, I've watched it all at this point. <laughs> right. And I... But I, I guess a grifter is somebody who's a con man, basically. Yeah. And that's what Imposters is. And it's a simple watch. I mean, it, it's not like you're, you're not going to say, like, oh, boy, this is like Gone with the Wind and Citizen Kane. And it is criti- <laughs> right. it's not critically acclaimed. But if for no other reason, you got to watch it for the smoke show known as Inbar Lavi or Lavi? Lava. L-A-B-I is her last name. And nev- no uh, no clues what else she's been in, but, I mean, <laughs> absolute smoke show. I am she, BD it. Well, yeah, I did. That's how I got her name. Oh, I, okay. I, 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 I am BD it. Oh, so she, was, she wasn't in much else? Much. Okay. And, um, but, yeah, in bar lobby, L-A-B-I. Right. right. Oh, man. I, she may have dethroned... Jennifer Aniston as my <laughs> go-to, him right. as my go-to. <laughs> right. Um, and hey, for our female listeners out there, Parker Young, he's a uh, man rocket in his own right, so he's worth the price of admission if <laughs> if you're not into women. Right. So I mean, but uh, he's but yeah, I mean it's a, it's a fun watch, whatever, and it, so I highly recommend it. Netflix called Imposters, two okay. seasons, ten episodes of seasons. And George, during the pandemic now, obviously things are opening up now. You and the missus watch anything, or aren't you TV people, or did you binge watch anything? Uh, yeah, we actually really enjoy uh, TV series. I think they're, they've far surpassed uh, movies at this point. Oh, uh, yeah. Way more agreed, character agreed. development and all that stuff. So um, I think the first one was we were playing catch-up. We never watched this. It was, you know, prescribed to us from a friend, but uh, and I was super skeptical going in but it was called the marvelous miss Maisel, and uh this was yep. a uh amazon one yep and uh it's it's funny it's yeah, good yeah. uh my I wife really was watched that that was one of those that we normally we watch series together but they're just timing why i was doing this that and the other thing she wanted something to do so she watched that and really liked it all i have not seen it yet though it's good and the new one that we just we just finished up that and the one we're on right now it's uh called heroes it's also an Amazon. It's a superhero. So if you like Marvel, the Marvel series okay. or the Marvel movies, right? It's like that, but it's you know it's rated R. So you know you're gonna have sex, new swearing, all that stuff's in it, which makes it even better. All right. all right, Dave. Anything new on your docket that you've watched? Dead to me. Yeah, Liz, Liz and I have watched that. I yep. didn't. Br- I didn't bring that up because I thought season one was way, 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 way better than season two. But season two is watchable, and so if you watch season one, give season two a look. Yep. And um, what's the? I mean, and it's good. Um, Christina Applegate is really good. I guess the only thing I got annoyed with into season two is that every. And I don't know how many f bombs is this. Every fucking episode, they that's have like a, your third. Third, okay. <laughs> Every fucking episode, they have a breakdown 
like, it, they don't, like, like tear up. They're bawling, like, having an episode. Oh. Right. And so I'm like, all right, okay, let's get on with this. But it's but, good writing, it's a good plot, it's a good... Do you know what I mean? Agreed, I, but now let's you know let's think about that. Now I don't know if, I don't know necessarily if we'd ball, but if I kill your wife and you kill my wife, there's probably going to be some nights as you know right, we're going right. to be like oh, during the pod we may not be spot on and be like oh fuck what do we do? <laughs> right. Well, so I mean you yeah. you got to give him a little bit of leeway. I mean that sure. You know, she killed the one's husband and right. the other. Yeah, Although the one is more deliberate than the other, but regardless, they <laughs> right. each killed each other's husbands. But true, yeah, true, that's true. another solid watch. Yeah. All right. The one I'm looking forward to is The Boys, the second season. Oh, uh, the Amazon one. The, the Amazon uh, one, The Boys. I think. Or maybe I misspoke. Oh, you, did you say Heroes? Oh, I meant The Boys. The Boys. The okay. Boys, that's what yeah, I meant. Yeah, 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 yeah you're right. That was season, season two's not out, right? No, yeah, no it's I'm, coming I'm up, in though. season one right now. Oh, yeah, okay, yeah. We, yeah. Yeah, like we it. both oh, love yeah. season. Yeah, we both love the boys. Yeah, and you're not done with it. I'm not a huge. Right. I want to fucking punch Homelander in the junk. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> oh, just wait. Yeah, yeah. Just, just, yeah, 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 yeah I'm halfway through. By the end of the season, but that really Starlight or Starbright or whatever her name is. Yeah. Easy on the eyes. Oh yeah, for sure. All right. Um, and what was the? Oh, I'm sorry, but like, have you watched Ozark? We mentioned mm. this on one other pod. I won't go into it. I have. But the end of the. Third season? Third season? Oh, my God. That was just like, yeah. wow. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that was that was yeah. drop the mic. Oh, yeah, that was for sure. Is that that's Jason Bateman? Yes. yes. Anything he's in, he's yep. just great. Yeah. True, true. All right. Okay. Random question time, boys. Yes. Putting you on the spot. Larry, there were no prelim work. I know how the random question you get sometimes dead air is not pleasant for a podcast so Dave and I reach out to one another and say hey for the random question it's along this line this is totally random George and Dave have no idea what I'm about to say so without further ado terrible drum roll the greatest cartoon rivalry rivalry and why okay Wow. Who's going first? George, since he's yeah, the guest? Yeah, George is our guest. Let's let George go first. Oh, I've got to say it's Wiley Coyote and the Roadrunner. Um, I mean, it's just, it was great theater. Um, you know, I, I'm not going to mention any more because you guys might have these other ones, so I don't want to compare and contrast. But, uh, yeah, I mean, that from my childhood, those are the that's the one that I went to right away. Perfect. Dave? The only thing I can come up with right on the spot Elmer Fudd and Daffy Duck. Now, wasn't Elmer's bigger rival Bugs Bunny? Well, here's why I'm saying this. Wabbit season, duck season. Wabbit season, duck season. Right. Duck season. Or no, I, I know, they go back and forth. I'm not getting it right right now because you're no, putting me on the no, spot. That's, that's fine. And then Elmer Fudd, I'm thinking of the, uh, and maybe it's not a rivalry. Oh, no, it, it, but Bugs Bunny is probably the, the rivalry. I just remembered that particular episode uh-huh. where Bugs would keep talking Daffy into saying the wrong thing, and Elmer would blow, would take the shotgun and blow Daffy Duck's bill off of his face. You know what I mean? Yep, absolutely. So, so you know, you're right. I'm probably it's it's not a rivalry in terms of multiple episodes, but I would say Elmer Fudd and then Bugs Bunny, going back and forth. Elmer Fudd and Bugs Bunny or Elmer Fudd and Daffy Duck? Well, 
the rivalry, I think, is more with Bucks Bunny. So I, I that's what I'm saying. Now that I'm, I'm changing my mind. Now that I said all right. it, all right, I'll give because, you. I'll give you. I'm I'll thinking g- of one episode. All right, yeah, okay. Well, you know yeah. what I mean. But it really, because that's not a rivalry, is one episode. So as I was saying it, you know, the on-the-spot thing, you got to let me change my mind within. Well, no, that's six fine. I, I just want to. I just want to know so our listeners know what your final decision was. Right. And uh, it's funny. My, I, I actually went with a top three and an honorable mention, and I'm gonna, you know, to get it out of the way, I'm gonna go. I, the obvious choice is Roadrunner and Wiley e. Coyote. I mean, sure. that is the only asterisk I put to that is like for all you Michigan football fans out there. Oh. When does it not become? I mean, you have to win once in a while for it to be a rivalry. And Michigan never beats Ohio State anymore. So is that really a rivalry game for Ohio State? <laughs> right. Because they always beat Michigan. Wiley Coyote, did he ever do anything to the Roadrunner? I, but I do have that rated number one. <laughs> My number three was Tom and Jerry. Oh, yeah, for sure. But, I mean, and it, that's much along the lines of Roadrunner, Wiley, Wiley Coyote, because Jerry never lost to Tom. Tom was always, right, you know, getting you know, screwing up and doing this, that, and the other thing. And and my number two is for our more our younger crowd, Mr. Krabs versus <laughs> uh, Plankton. Yeah, and that wasn't even you know because Plankton That's would awesome. get the upper hand from yeah. time to time, right, and would beat him. You know, he, he would never actually win in the long run, but he would inflict enough financial da- damage to Mr. Crab, who was only concerned about the money, where right. it was a blow to him. But I think my honorable mention is probably for, like, a rivalry-type matchup, Foghorn Leghorn and George P. Dog, or some known, known as the Barnyard Dog. Yeah. Yep. Wow. That was actually an even matchup because they both got the better end of each one. It was a 50. I mean, that's almost like an Army-Navy game. You dusted that one <laughs> off for me big time. Yeah. That's almost like an Army-Navy game because nobody really cares about it, but it's usually a back-and-forth close game. Right. And they do it every year. Right. So uh, that that's where I came up with. Although, I mean, I think as far as rivalries go, I think Roadrunner, Wiley Coyote, because even when George said it, I saw you kind of like, Shake yeah. your head. So, I mean, I think that's the go-to as sure. far as rivalries go. But, anyway, that's all I had for you. Do they let kids watch cartoons anymore? Where, God, where, I don't, where they're, I don't think they're on Where anymore. they're blowing each other up or blowing right. themselves up well, or bashing each other over the head. That's or, what I was thinking of. My other one was a show within a show, Itchy and Scratchy. Oh, from, from Itchy, Simpsons. yep. <laughs> right. Well, and even Tom and Jerry, there always was the heavy set made don't need to say anymore right and that has been weeded out of those cartoons you know, for when sure. they replay yeah 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 exactly and i'm <laughs> thinking of the only other thing that's coming to mind right now is spy versus spy from uh from cracked mag oh it's mad that's right mad magazine yeah 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 and so that was do you consider that animated eh, that, they had some that's a cartoon yeah that was actually an evenly mad you know because the the right, black one would win, and then the white one would win. Yeah. 
and I don't think that was race related. I, one was literally white, one yeah, was literally black. Have, I mean, so yeah, they could have done blue and red, or right, yeah, purple and, and probably would have, right, well, and probably would now if they were running it. All right, should we rate this one? I think so. All right, uh, George, you're up. Oh man, this was my favorite of the bunch. Uh, shocker, because I love IPAs. But even more so, I think uh, when I, I, I've been paying a lot more attention to hops, and I, I'm a big Mosaic hops guy. Okay. So anything that has like Mosaic Promise, I really like. Anything that has Mosaic Props. So this is uh, this one does, um, along with Amarillo and Simcoe. Um, what's untapped was 4.06. I'm going to go 4.2 as my uh, ranking nice. on this one. Right. This will be one I have again. Yes. All right, so this one is now my turn. Um, I'm definitely going with the untapped crowd. I don't know if I can go above 4.2 because it's good. Um, but I'm, I'm comparing it right now to Helmet Breaker. I'm comparing it to Fat Orange Cat. I'm comparing it to... It's good. I'm definitely gonna go. I'm gonna. I'm gonna go. F- uh, I did 4.1 on the Shiner S'more, but as an IPA, I'm gonna go 4.1. All right, and once again, hey Ruby. Ruby wants to be part of this podcast, and you have to bring something more to the table than that, Ruby. Um. Once again, I'm going to be the uh, baby bear. George 4-2, Dave 4-1, and I've already, before Dave gave his 4-1 ranking, I had written down 4-point lucky number 13. 4.13. All right. And then as far as the can rating, or bottle in this case, um, I like all three. Um, I like the font with the Berserker. It definitely you know goes with the name. Um but uh, I think our unanimous number one is going to be the shorts. Yeah, the shorts, love and fall, absolutely. Yeah. yeah. So that one up there is going to get the winner. Uh, all right. But uh, as I look down into my not a big deal glass, I'm out of beer. And as the late great Stuart Scott once said, you ain't got to go home. But you got to get the heck up out of here. 